Welcome to Married and Having Fun. We're your hosts, Kathy and JC. Kathy here. I'm 46. I've been married for 25 years to my main squeeze. I'm JC. I'm 33, married to an awesome pastor of six years. It's my second marriage. We have seven kids between our awesome families. On this podcast, we will share all of the ups, downs, and emotions around marriage and all the things in between. If you know what I mean. Sit back, laugh, cry, and enjoy. This is Mary and having fun. I am so excited today. I want to welcome to the show my gorgeous, amazing beautiful friend inside and out for over 15 years, and she's my mentor, Kelly Brock. Kelly has been married to her high school sweetheart for nine years. She has two beautiful, amazing children, and she has been a successful leader, very successful leader in network marketing. I watched her build her business and then walk away from it. And so today she's going to share the hardships of her story, how it affected her marriage, and how she is impacting women um, all over the world now. Let's dive right in. Welcome to the show, my amazing friend, Kelly Brock. Happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. Long time coming. (laughs) Well, I have been just raving and talking about you. Obviously, um, you mentor me and we have been doing some awesome, just deep dive trainings in amazing things. And so um, I wanted to bring your story to our listeners for this um, working on yourself series. Mm. I thought you were the first person that I thought of um, when it comes to acknowledging where you are in your life Mm -hmm. and really stepping up to the plate to to do the work to change. Yeah. Um, once you realize that change needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm very grateful. And this is your first time meeting my co-host, Kathy. I know. I'm so happy to be here. Finally, finally see the team together. I've heard all about it. <laughs> I'm excited to meet you and hear all the things you have to say, because JC has been going on and on about it. <laughs> <laughs> We've known each other a long time. Yeah, that's awesome. We have, we really have. So um, today's topic is acknowledgement. I just, I love your story, not only because watching it from a personal standpoint, like that we're friends, mm-hmm. but also um, just your realness throughout everything. Being able to take what you were going through, build yourself up, get through it, and then share it with others. I just admire that so much. How do you see acknowledgement in your own life? Mm. Well, acknowledgement first to me means awareness. There's a level of awareness that once you have awareness, it, it means you get to have different choices. Um, and that acknowledgement means I'm not even just aware of it now, I'm recognizing and speaking it out. I'm not letting whatever is uh, elusive to me or the things that I wasn't wanting to admit in my life. Acknowledgement means that I'm saying it's here 
I'm no longer pretending and I, I'm willing to face the good and the bad about my situation. And that was something that was, I was not doing for almost 10 years in my uh, working life, eight years in my marriage. Um, for a long time, I wasn't acknowledging things. And the truth was, I wasn't even aware about a lot of things. So I have a lot to say to the women who are going, he just doesn't understand me. If he would just listen, if he would just support, he's the problem. If he just changed, like I have a lot to say, because I thought my husband was the freaking problem. And <laughs> not that he didn't have his own personal work to do, but I was putting a lot of problems on his lack of him not being who I needed him to be. When, and that was keeping me from looking at myself, mm. that, that focus and perspective. So yeah, I mean, I, I have plenty to say, but acknowledgement means that I'm not even just aware, I'm recognizing and speaking it out. So, um, so the first part of your journey, which, you know, I watched, I watched and followed, and I was a part of the whole thing with your first, um, network marketing business and you achieved such high success, high levels of success. And I remember, you know, looking and thinking, wow, she, she's just amazing. She's going after her dreams. Like she has such a supportive husband and, you know, it just felt like it was picture perfect. When you came out of the woodworks and <laughs> said, okay, I've been going through this and I've been carrying this. This is how I've been treating my husband. What, I guess, what was that real moment for you like? What, what happened to kind of wake you up to acknowledgement? Yeah. So for me, just a little background. Um, I had been building a very successful network marketing business for about 10 years. And that started the year before we got married. So when we got married, it, it was my career by that point. And um, I loved it. I learned so many valuable things from that. But I was 22 when I started that journey. So I was growing into adulthood and marriage and responsibility as a business owner and was looking for a lot of guidance in my life. So I was looking around going, okay, how do I do this well? And just adopting what everyone told me to do, because that was how you become successful. And I don't um, blame that at, at some point when you're building something, you have to be a follower before you get to be a leader. Um, but there were a lot of things that I was doing in my work-life balance and even in the priority of my marriage or my momming that never shifted when it should have. Um, and so I was just kind of, I kept saying like, Hey, momentary sacrifice for long-term gain. Let me just put my head down for a minute, right? Let me finish this goal. Let me hit this number. Let me do this thing. Let me get this promotion, whatever it was. I kept telling my husband, Josh, just wait, when I get over this, then I can like pay attention to you. And at one point, I remember for years, we, you know, really had some frustrations, but it was really about two years ago. And I'll never forget me saying, I just need to finish this goal. And he was just like, seems like you're always just finishing a goal. And for the first time I received that going, I say that a lot. It was like the first moment that sat with me without me coming to my defense. Because what happened before the years prior, I would go, why can't you just support me? This is for us. I'm working hard so we can get better. And by the way, I married a very non-traditional, ambitious man. 
meaning he is so confident and sure of himself. Like he doesn't need anybody to like him. He doesn't need an achievement. He doesn't need extra money, right? He's very content and I'm very ambitious. And so if we want extra money, if we say something there, yes, please. Yes. You, okay. So I, I personally know both of you. Yes, you do. And for years, for years, I was like, they are total opposite. Opposites. And like, it works. Like, I mean, John, he is, he, you're right. He is like the total laid back guy, full of tattoos. Like he's yep. just his own person. I love his mullets, all the oh things. <laughs> and, um, he's, yeah, he's very content in where he is and what he wants in life. And so, yeah. Okay. Continue. No, but it's the truth. So, and here's, here's how that played out for us. I'll just say this. I was growing this thing that in my mind, I'm going, this is for us. And he also doesn't really care what I do. So he'd be like, yeah, go, go win, go do that. So for a while it was fine until it started really becoming this lifestyle and this pattern of neglect that I didn't see. I wasn't going, you're my most important priority or our children are our most important priority. So they're first, I was constantly saying, you guys come second. And what you asked me, one of those moments where it showed up for me, I was in a counselor's office because unfortunately my addiction to achievement, which I did not know I was addicted to achievement, but I, I found myself manifesting anxiety and depression in my life. And I was going, I'm the most freaking positive person I know. I am the most willful, powerful woman I know. Like, how could this be happening to me? And she asked me, she said, um, you know, what would you say your main priorities are? And I said, oh man, my faith, my family, my health, and my career. And then she said, and how does that show up in your life? And I flipped my hand over and said like that, like my career and advancement gets my best of me. And the most important things in my life are getting my residue. And that was one of those moments where I started to wake up to the fact that like, maybe all these moments that Josh was going Hey, baby, your priorities are out of line. Or, hey, we're tired of waiting for you. Or, hey, do you need to go to another conference? Or, hey, whatever it was. And this can show up for women in a lot of different ways. But every time I kept thinking, like, why can't you be what I need? Why can't you be supportive? I was going, holy cow. Mm. Were all those moments me not hearing him? When really I thought, I, I was like, here's the absolute truth. Because I know this is like, I was praying for God to change my husband, like going to church on Sunday, like holding his hand, being like, you don't even know, but all my prayers are directed at you, bro, because you are not being the man oh you gosh. need to be, right? Like I was praying for him. And I remember this moment in church being like, oh my gosh, he's been wanting to do a work on me. And again, not to say my husband didn't have his own things he needed to work out, but we almost started having this, um, defensive relationship with each other because we were already ready to not hear each other. And I was so unaware of my part in the problem. I, I couldn't hear it because by the way, what I wanted, what I was telling him to be more of also to the world and my world looked like what they wanted from him to be more supportive, all these things. And he was going, I don't, I am supportive. I am letting you life free. What I'm asking you to do is to honor us first. And I just was in such a grind and so unaware, my head was down that I wasn't seeing 
how deep these grooves were getting in between us in my priorities, in my health, in my life, in my family, in my marriage. And it's funny, we talk about it and he's like, babe, we were not like about to get a divorce or anything. I'm like, I know we weren't. But there, I didn't see me evolving and you evolving and us ever coming closer if I kept going this way. So I had to have that moment to say like, where am I taking control of what's happening in our relationship? From that, like how, how did that change and did it change in how long for you? Oh my gosh. So that anxiety and stuff. Wow. Well, so for about eight, seven and a half, eight years of my marriage, or I should say my working life. So about six years of our marriage. Um, but I didn't have any of those symptoms. The only symptoms I always say there was smoke in our life, but I never looked at the smoke saying, Oh, smoke means there's fire. I was just waving the problem out of the way to keep going. Right. I was just like, Oh, he's annoyed. Uh, let me handle that tonight. Right. Like you get what I'm saying. I'm winking for anybody who's looking, <laughs> you know, or I would no like, what, right. You know what I mean? Or I would, we, we would have, can I just say something? Yes, we have yes. women like, that that is huge right there i love when you say like i saw the smoke but i didn't realize that it was fire because we do that in our lives and like so many times i i will be honest like i'm like oh i'll fix that in the bedroom like yeah right we'll just we'll i'll handle that i'll ease his mind tonight over this topic and we're just cutting away at pieces i also before you get too deep i want to go back to you said um, we were becoming like having a defensive relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is one of the major signs that we totally miss when we get on the offense or the defense mm -hmm. is a defense, you know, in your relationship and you just go down this road and you wake up one day and you're like, I hate him. Like, how did mm -hmm. I get here? Yeah. And so, um, Thank you for sharing all that. Well, and there were so there were truly so many moments where we both even said to each other, like, I'm freaking in love with you. Like, cause Josh and I are, our, our loyalty is unreal. So we were never like talking about divorce, but we were going, sometimes I don't even know how we're together. Like we would just even say that a lot. Like I don't, sometimes I actually don't even know how this works because our opinions were so different. Our values were so different. Our ability to communicate was never, every time he would say something to me, I'd be like holding space, waiting for my chance to say what I was about to say. I was not receiving what he had to say, vice versa. Mm, right? Yeah. Like I was going, okay, you done yet? Cause I'm ready. I'm ready with my part. <laughs> and so I was never giving space to say what else might be true here. That's one of my favorite questions to ask myself now. How can we both be going through our home life together and be experiencing two totally different views? So instead I was saying your view's wrong because mine feels right. Mm. And I think that's a big problem. When we look at life in this black or white, right or wrong, mm -hmm. everyone has their own version of the truth. And when I'm saying what I feel is right and true, what that is saying to you is that what you feel is wrong. We see this coming up in racial conversations. We see this coming up in political views. We see this yes. coming up in our marriages. And mm -hmm. when I'm saying mine is right, I'm saying yours is wrong. But what if we just said, I'm going to take what you're telling me is truth. 
And so I had to start listening to Josh in a way of going, I'm going to say, I believe you. I believe you that you're this frustrated. I believe you that your experience of me is that I'm missing out on so much. I'm going to believe mm -hmm. you that your uh, expectations of your wife are not being met. Instead of fighting you and going, I did go to the grocery store this week. I did make food this week. I did, right? I was always fighting for, yeah. to defend myself. Instead, I had to say, what else might be true here? Meaning his truth yeah. might be just as real as what I'm experiencing. And it was really incredible. I'll tell you one thing that really helped me was the saying, and I heard it when I got my awareness. Okay. So to go back to Kathy's question really quickly, um, I, I was not dealing with anxiety or depression in my life up until about two, almost three years ago when my son was born. So my second child, um, I did have postpartum depression um, after that, which I couldn't even verbalize, couldn't even say those words at the doctor. They were like, do you think you have? I was like, sure, I think I do. Yes. I, could. I wouldn't even let her say the words because I did not identify with that at all. But I recognized I had mental fog and I had overwhelm and I had just the scatteredness and I was yelling and all these things. So I thought, okay, this is my baby who ruined me, not me. So there I was like deflecting. It was my baby who did this to me. It's my husband who's doing this to me, right? Do you, do you see wow. the signs? Do you see the yeah. signs? And yeah. so then I, that started not, that wasn't going away fast enough, this postpartum. Then my son was a year and I was not free from this. And I'm telling you, so I was going to church asking my friends to put hands on me and pray this depression and anxiety off of me because now I had admitted that this was real in my life. And I was also having them pray for my husband too, because I'm just like, all these problems are around yeah. me, right? One common denominator, right? And so I went to that counselor and they asked me about my, she asked me about my values. And then I remember uh, several doctors recommending um, prescription, you know, antidepressants and three in a row to be exact. And not that I'm against them. Not at all. I got a prescription. I, I, I was like, okay. But I started sitting and going, at one point in my life, this was not me. So if, if this has been created in me, it means I'm the problem. Somehow I came to that awareness going, I have allowed myself to become this version. That means I could maybe get it out of me. And so I started looking at my uh, physical manifestation of anxiety and depression as a sign that there was fire and the smoke meant there was fire. I started getting aware and I started looking at my life in a whole version of looking at my finances and my marriage and my work life and my parenting and all these things. And I realized I needed to take a honest approach. I had been so um, primed to be a performer in my life. I had been such an achiever for mm -hmm. so long and people loved me that way. And to mm -hmm. admit that I might be my own problem, that was really hard. To admit that I was a part of my own brokenness, that was really hard. But I've also been a leader my whole life. And I knew that if I was experiencing this, other people might be too. And so I started to share what I was going through. And when it came to my marriage, that was the most sensitive area for me. Mm -hmm. Because as much as I you know, was fighting with Josh or just even, I should say, just having conflict, right? As much as I was having 
those signs and symptoms that it wasn't all perfect, I wanted us to be excellent. My best case scenario of us was like a long, happy, elderly life and love with each other. And I just thought if I don't start taking responsibility for my part in this, like he's not changing. So if I can't change him, I'm going to have to change me. And so that brings me to my point. I, I got this big roll of paper that I have in my house and I wrote one quote on there and it says, act the way you want to feel. Mm, that's act good. the way you want to feel. And I let that filter my whole change of being. So when my husband was ready for the, you know, the tick for tack in the kitchen, I'd look at that quote and be like, act the way you want to feel. And I would be like, I love you. And you're right. <laughs> and yeah, I'll think about that when instead my flesh wanted to just be like, what are you freaking saying to me right now? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to come across this table. But I decided I wanted to feel love towards him. So I had to act loving. And it was so funny. I remember walking away at one point from a, an, a fight opportunity. And he was like, where are you going? Like he was used to us like bucking up together. Yeah. And he was like, where are you going? And I was like, in the other room. I just need to breathe and think for a second. And he was like, what? Like, this is not <laughs> what we do. Yeah. But I was saying, act the way you want to feel. And how I want to feel is like a patient wife. How I want to feel is like a loving wife. And so I had to choose to start honoring and loving him and before he ever was ready to give that back to me yeah. or mm -hmm. even to receive it. That was my ownership of that. Well, I want to thank you for sharing all of that because, and I, I've never personally told you this, you know, knowing your story, watching, you know, you and Joshua High School Sweethearts and all of that, um, I always loved the drive that you had. That's how I knew you. Mm -hmm. Successful, you know, you can do anything, get anything done. And it always made me more motivated, more, you know, Kelly can do it, I can do it. Like, you know, and just following that pattern. But when you stepped up and you said, I am struggling with postpartum depression, mm -hmm. I am falling apart. Not only, I mean, I had my own personal moment to just pause and say, you don't have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was just so touching to me that raw vulnerability allowed me to look at myself and to acknowledge where I was and to stop kind of putting things under the rug. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to, I do, I do want to thank you for that. Let's talk about how you are now like helping women <laughs> yes. kind of discover where they are. Yeah. So because of that, you know, it happened very naturally and organically. I started talking about those things and it gave me such permission to be the leader that I want to be, which is one who's having real conversations with real women. And yeah. so women were coming in the DMs going, I, I'm having that symptom in my life or in my health or in my marriage or, you know, my work doesn't look fun anymore, right? Like whatever it was. Um, and so I realized this small little movement of women who were wanting to have peace and alignment, but also have high performance in their life. And so um, I really started this peaceful performer movement and have started a community. It's called the Peace Posse. 
and it's a personal growth community. Um, it's, you know, for the cost of your manicure every single month, you get to be in a community of like-minded women who are, you know, some are stay-at-home moms, some are principals of schools, some are entrepreneurs, and some are just ambitious, uh, purpose-driven women. But we're taking on topics together and doing it with alignment and authenticity as the core of what we're doing, because I really do believe that we are able to have peace and purpose, and it does not have to come at the sacrifice of us losing out on what I call our profit, those important mm -hmm. areas of our lives that like, we actually need to be succeeding in. And so the, those profit areas of my life, my number one profit area is my marriage. Like I care above any other choice that I'm making now that that thing be reaping fruit in my life. Mm. That's how I know I'm profiting. Is there fruit in that? Then I'm looking at my motherhood. Is there fruit from me showing up? And then I'm looking at my health and my business and, you know, and my, of course my faith. So I, I love thinking about the fact that when we first slow down enough, because I think women, we don't slow down long enough to get clear. We take moments to slow down when we mm -hmm. need minutes and hours and days and these opportunities, because if we don't, we're just, we're honestly sleepwalking through our lives. Yeah. We, we are like, oh, I'm, I'm half awake. I'm moving. Time's passing. And then one day we have these wake-ups like I did with my health. And, um, and so that's what I really hope to encourage women to understand is that the change you want to see in your marriage or in your life, you are a part owner in that. Mm -hmm. And it's not a 50-50 partnership. Marriage is 100% and 100%. Yeah. So I had to do my 100% and stop waiting for Josh to bring his part. I kept waiting, like, well, you go first, right? And instead, <laughs> it was like, he's, he's way more stubborn than me. So he was not going to go first. So <laughs> if I wanted this thing to be the loving partnership with all the fruits, right. I had to say, I'll go first. Cause you, I was not going to catch myself being unaware any longer mm -hmm. part of the problem, which means I also get to be a part of the solution. So, um, you know, relationships like that is one of the things we talk about in the peace posse and, you know, anyone who's looking for a community to be connected to, gosh, we would love to have you apart. JC, I know you're already a part of it. <laughs> yes. I am really enjoying being a part of the community of the peace posse is just, um, the camaraderie and the girlfriends and the topics are just amazing. Um, hearing you talk, I'm like tearing up. So I'm trying to get myself together here, hmm. but, um, <laughs> I, I will put the link um, to the Peace Posse's um, in the show notes. And then do you open um, enrollment at the beginning of the month or yes. how, how is that done? Yeah. So I really believe transformation for women happens in community together. Mm -hmm. And so we always open up the very first week of the month and allow people to join the community. And then we shut enrollment because I don't want people trickling in and getting lost. I want the community, mm. hey, who's here? This month we're taking on confidence. This month we're taking on time management. Um, actually, this month we're taking on for the month of October, um, priority management. Mm. How, are we, how are we using our time to make sure that our priorities are getting the outputs that are important to us? And that matters for so many people. Mm. Um, so yeah, we love to invite people in first of the month. And the amazing part is if you miss it, if you're like listening to this and you're like, it's closed, you can get right on the wait list and join as soon as it opens the next month and you get all of the playbacks 
and this whole Netflix style portal. So you can binge watch Woo! everything you've missed. So it's like, you get to like learn from everything we've been doing since we started together. That's so awesome. So amazing. Yeah. Um, so let's just, the, the, the women that are out there right now who are um, struggling in their marriage, they feel like, you know, there's no hope, things are about to fall apart, um, that they've messed up too much or that, you know, they just feel utterly disgusted by their husband right now. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> but they, they want to get back on the right track. What is your advice to them? The, oh the, the step that they could take right now. Can I give a couple steps? <laughs> 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 um, so the first step I, I really believe is, it, I really believe you have to define what that best version of your life would look like. Cause how could you even know how far off you are until you define it? That's one of the, the, the tasks that I did that really made me realize if Josh and I kept drifting the way that we were, we were never ending up as the best versions of, of our partnership. And so I think defining that first, then second, really taking a look at yourself. If you repeated today's actions every day for the next five years, where would that get you? I mean, literally Good. how much weight would you have gained, right? How much, how yeah. deep would your marriage be? How, um, you know, how much would you have learned if you repeated today for every day for the next five years, where would that get you? What we forget is that our decisions do compound. They're getting us somewhere, but you don't want to end up somewhere you didn't intend. And so really just taking that self-reflection of going, I am responsible for myself. Even my husband, he, he can't make me do anything. He can't make me feel any way that I did not give him permission to feel. So that is true. I, it is so right. I, I, I kept giving my permission away to him. Right. Or vice versa. He yeah. was saying, you made me feel it's like, mm, that's not how that works. Right. I allowed you to make me feel that way. And so taking that ownership over, you are responsible for your 100%. Mm. So even if he's not willing to go with you or first you go anyway, sis because you'll at least feel proud of the choices that are aligned with the version of yourself you want to be in that partnership. And that there's a sense of pride that I, you can't take off of me because I'm going, I'm doing it. I am, mm. I'm, I'm patient. I'm kind. I'm, or I'm giving myself grace for those moments I lost and I'm getting right back realigned again. And, and that would be the, the last thing that I would say for some women who are listening to this. Um, they might be, jumping very quickly into a shame storm about mm. who they currently are right now. And shame does not serve you. Shame does not serve you. And I went there first and fast of going like, look how you have effed this up, Kel. Like yeah. I immediately was like, I, I couldn't even believe how big the problem was when I realized how big of a part of the problem I was, but shame does not serve us. And shame survives in the dark and in silence. Our mm. shame goes, oh, don't you dare tell anybody what you've been mm -hmm. doing with your finances. I mean, I had to have freaking hard conversations like, hi, Josh, um, I've been mismanaging our money we weren't talking about. And he was like, oh, what? <laughs> right? Like, so there, there was a lot I had to deal with, but I was so tired of living a pretend life. I was like, I'd rather be all the way in and you know everything you need to know and us have this real relationship that I've been dying to feel safe in 
that we haven't been in than, than pretending any longer. And so for the girl who's telling the shame story of Kelly, there's like way too much here for me to be able to go in by myself. Good. Don't go alone. Tell mm. a friend, Yeah. get, get a mentor, get a counselor, find a, uh, a leader or a guide for you because that was the best thing that I did was start to talk about this with safe people. Not everybody deserves your story. That's, um, that's good right there. That right. is so good. Yeah. Like don't, don't tell this on Facebook just cause you're having epiphanies. Like they can't hold you <laughs> right. But go to safe people who can hold space and be a guide to you in those areas. And when I did that, man, the mentors who came out of the woodworks to support me going, I was there a couple years ago, or I have felt mm-hmm. this too. And, and please, if you'll even just put my Instagram account contact, I'm oh, yes. willing to spend time and just encourage women because it, this felt like a desperate moment when I had my acknowledgement and my awakening, but it was the best thing that I ever got brave enough to face. And I would do it 10,000 times over because of the real kind and supportive and for each other relationship that we're walking in right now. Like I'm really proud of our marriage right now. Mm. And I couldn't have said that a year and a half ago. And that just, I want that for more women to be just really walking in their lives and not afraid to look just because it's hard. Yeah. It is such a beautiful thing. Um, being in realness and openness and walking in love, um, Mm -hmm. with your partner, um, and being able to show up as your authentic self. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Kelly. That's so good. I mean, I'm just like in tears. I love you. (laughs) Well, you know, it's been, you've gotten to see me firsthand and, you know, let me just say this too. I think most women, we really do desire this impact that our lives would matter, that it would have counted Mm -hmm. for something. And, you know, all those times, JC, that I, I, let me just say this too. I forgive myself for who I was when I didn't know. I was Mm -hmm. leading you even as a mentor right out front Mm -hmm. in a way that I didn't know better. So I forgive myself, but I was never serving you to the full capacity as a friend and a mentor by being fake because you could never live up to that right? You could never, your real life compared to my highlight never matches up, right? Mm -hmm. So when I started just being my real and authentic self, um, as uncomfortable as it was, it was the most seen I had ever felt. I was just like, fantastic. Mm -hmm. you know, it was, it was worth it. So I just want to (laughs) encourage these women who are caring about that impact in their life. It's worth the work. Yes. It's going to impact you on. Yes. Well, this is just a fabulous addition to the Working on Yourself series. Thank you so much, Kelly. Um, I'm honored. I'm so happy to be on the show and to share you guys with my world too. So thank you for the opportunity, ladies. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us. If you liked today's episode, hit the like and subscribe button. You can find us on Instagram at Married and Having Fun. We'll be sharing cute photos of our husbands and all the things about marriage. Till next time, keep having fun.